This is the Denver Gazette Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Chris Schmedeke. Today, I am joined by Kyle Fredrickson to talk all things Colorado Avalanche. Stay tuned. Okay, it is time to talk a little Colorado Avalanche with Kyle Fredrickson. And of course, because we're talking abs, we're going to have to lead with an injury. But Kyle, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. And I'm in Toronto, the the home of Drake, the rapper. I haven't seen him out and about yet, but if I spot him, I'll, I'll let you guys know. But no, it's a beautiful <laughs> city. Uh, good time to to be covering the abs down the stretch here. Some important games uh, in a market that loves hockey. There's a there's a whole lot of reporters around Scotiabank Arena, you know, uh, quite a few more than we're used to seeing at Ball Arena. Were you there to watch the Nuggets give up 49 points in the first quarter to the Toronto Raptors? Because that happened last night. No, you know, I took public <laughs> transit into the city, uh, which took a while yesterday, which kind of derailed some effort I was going to have to go to that game. But yikes, after seeing that first quarter score, uh, probably a good thing that I missed it. Uh, we'll see if the Avs can have a little bit of a, a better performance tonight as uh, we know we record this uh, in the afternoon. Right. So we are recording before the Toronto game tonight, just so everyone knows. But uh, we have to talk an injury again. But, uh, this is a big one. Arturi Lekkanen, uh broken finger. Uh, which hand is it? Um, it's his top hand. So I believe he is a righty. So that'd be his left hand, which is, I assume in hockey is good. I need to talk to some more folks about that. But I think if you had to choose, that's probably the, the better hand to do it. So the talk is that he's probably out the rest of the regular season, could be back for the playoffs. We know how clutch he is. He won games in the playoffs last year. He's been great this year. He's one of the few guys that have stayed healthy. So what what do the Avs do here? What, what's the outlook here? Does this you know, they're still chasing. So how does this look in the long run? Yeah, I mean, from a big picture standpoint, this is really concerning for the Avalanche, mostly because no matter what you do with this lineup, uh, no matter who you insert on that top line with Nathan McKinnon, you can't replicate what uh, Lekkanen brings. And he's just a, such a puck hound. I think that's the best way to describe him. If you watch him during games going into tough battles into the corner, he's going to come out with the puck pretty much always every yeah. single time. And it's amazing because, you know, the, the guy is about my height, which is about 5'10", um, but he's just built and strong and, and so determined and and is the perfect guy to pair with McKinnon, someone who's going to do the dirty work uh, you know, to put Nate in, in position to succeed. It, it's more than that, that Lekkanen brings to the table. But that's the first thing that comes to mind. You know, in terms of how they're going to adjust, you know, the, the first big adjustment uh, is that Dennis Malgan is going to go back into the top six. Uh, you know, he's actually has a homecoming game tonight, going back to Toronto, who actually sent him to Colorado uh, one of the first trades that the Avs had of the season. Um, but he's going to have to play some some more minutes and some big minutes, and that's good news for Dennis Malgin, especially at a time when when he's playing really well. He's got three goals in his past five games. He's similar to Lekkanen that he's undersized. He's not, you know, an intimidating presence. But, you know, the the wow factor in Malgin's game is just the offensive skill. You know, if you give him just a little bit of space, um, you know, if he, he'll he make you look stupid. And, and that last part of that quote, uh, that comes from a teammate, Mitch Marner with the Maple Leafs. I was in their locker room earlier asking about Malgin. So with that kind of skill set, the Avs know that he can produce points. It was never consistent in Toronto. That's why they traded him to Colorado. But he's got to be the guy. You know, he's he's got to prove that he belongs in that group of elite forwards who's going to be able to give 
give you a night or two um, almost every night through the end stretch of games here. So, you know, it, it's just another domino for this team. I mean, they'd love to have Gabe Landeskog back. We still have no clue when that's going to happen. Um, Darren Helm is with the team and has been practicing in a regular contact Jersey. It's possible that he's back, you know, on this road trip. Um, but he's still a depth guy that isn't going to produce a lot of points. So, you know, the, the abs need Lekkonen to be back. And, you know, if it's a four to six week deal that puts him right there in the middle of April, uh, when the playoffs begin. So uh, a lot of question marks there. It's really a, a bad news for this team and was otherwise just a, a really solid victory over the Canadians the other night. It's crazy to think we're here in mid-March and we're talking about Dennis Mulgan. But I don't think anyone I don't think anyone predicted that at the beginning of this season, but it's just where they're at. And, you know, so let's talk playoffs and standings a little bit. So they're at 80 points, seven points behind the stars for first in the central with how many games? Three games in hand still. Uh, one of these days, they'll, they'll catch it. Do they play Dallas how many more times? Uh, let me pull up the schedule. Yeah, they do have... They do yeah. host the Stars um, on April 1st, so that's going to be a real big game at, at Ball Arena. Yeah, and the last time it did not go so well when they played the Stars. So, you know, they're in that third slot in the Central, so they they play Minnesota, if, you know, the season ended now. The the West standings are a complete jumbled mess, much like much like actually in the NBA as well. So, you know, what, what do you see here down the stretch? You know, they've got th- uh, three more games on the road, counting tonight before they come back home. Um, so just what do you see there? Honestly, if I'm an Avalanche fan and I'm thinking about playoff seating and and where the team's going to be, I look at these last games, which is, you know, fewer than 20 uh, heading into the stretch run here, and I'm feeling pretty good. I, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but the Avs are playing some pretty mediocre teams through that stretch. The San Jose Sharks twice, the Coyotes twice. You know, the, the, those are organizations that aren't even close to sniffing the playoffs right now. Um, tucked in there with a couple of big divisional games. There's a stretch of facing the Wild and the Stars back-to-back um, at Ball Arena, and, and, and those could be really kind of the deciders of how things shake out. The Avs do have the Oilers at home uh, and the Jets at home. Those are two playoff teams towards the end of the year. So there's going to be a lot of energy potentially, you know, a lot of meaning behind those games in terms of where the Avs are going to be. But at this stage, like you said, it's it's such a mess in the West. I could see the Avs, you know, winning the Central. I could see them staying in third. My gut tells me that it's not a wild card situation for this team. I mean, that means they'd have to slide back in the standings and yeah, you know, maybe they, they do struggle at times during this final home stretch. You know, I remember a year ago, the abs had a little bit of a losing stretch before the playoffs began. Um, that was mostly due though, because Jer- Jared Bednar was toying with lineups, putting different guys in different spots. Cause the abs had already clinched the top seed. They were just waiting to see who their playoff opponent was going to be, you know, in that scenario. But that's not how it is this year. This team is hungry. They they want to get the best spot that they can in the West. And they're not dumb. They're checking the standings. They know that it's within striking distance. So, you know, looking at some of these teams that they're playing here, even the next few nights with Ottawa and Detroit, you know, those seem like very winnable road games uh, for a team that, you know, has, has been playing at times ugly hockey recently. But, you know, especially in that game against the Canadians, uh, and then the Coyotes, I mean, those are gritty victories in a lot of ways that that show this team is still on the right track. Yeah, so they've got se- – oh, wait, no, I did my math wrong there. Yeah, 17 games left. So, ah, okay. you know, right. yeah, we're, I mean, we're coming down the stretch here. And, you know, who – so, yeah, Winnipeg is one point behind them at 79. And, you know, and that's what's funny is I think the last time we talked, Winnipeg was right behind Dallas. 
and the I mean, it's just it's all over the place. I do think that we probably got a little premature talking about the as being the top seed in the West. It's still possible. Yeah. We're probably a little bit off on that now. Right. I mean, we'll see, you know, like I said, they, they, they got to put together a winning stretch here to, to be in contention for that. It seems like Vegas at, at 90 points right now as a, as a pretty firm hold on that. The Kings also at 87. Um, and man, it's, I just, I'm shocked that the Edmonton Oilers aren't just running away with the West when you have the league's best uh, player. Um, but you know, that's, that's been the case with the Oilers for, for several seasons now. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. It's, it's going to be exciting. I think with the abs, they're, they're just going to feel good if they get in, they probably really don't care what their seat is. Yeah. And you kind of mentioned some injuries already. How are we looking on EJ? He's just kind of there right now. <laughs> yeah. He's just there. I think you know, of every injury that the Avalanche have had this year, I think he's the first guy who's been maybe a little ahead of schedule. I mean, there was some fear, um, you know, after that break or fracture, or whatever it was with that foot, that it could be 10 weeks. It's sure looking like, you know, it's, it's going to be closer to maybe six or eight. And, you know, just having him in that steadying presence in the back end can be so huge for this team. You know, Josh Manson for me is, is even a, a bigger question mark that looms. He brings so much to that best this team on their second pairing, uh, you know, with Bowen Byram when everyone is healthy. Um, you know, that, that's another guy who needs to come back that really has no timeline still. Uh, one of multiple guys in this team who's in that situation, Pavel Francos being another one. Uh, but yeah, those are guys and, and reinforcements that um, I think the team is as anxious as we are to, to see who's going to be returning. But my money is that EJ is the closest. You know, I will say that's a it's a good reminder after the game. Uh, we'll see if we can get any update from Jared on that. You know, it's possible that during the day, even today, um, that, you know, EJ's had an MRI or he's gotten doctor results. Uh, hopefully that'll bring some, some more clarity. And, you know, as soon as we learn that information, uh, you know, of course, we'll we'll have a story up on Denver Gazette. So, you know, you mentioned Francis there. I mean, they're going to have to just ride Gorgiev to the end of the season a lot. Yeah, yeah, it sure seems like it. And to the Avs' credit, you know, one trend in these past couple games is the Avs have had so much puck possession and just dominating the puck that other teams haven't got shots on goal. I think in that Arizona game um, that we had Carson uh, Strong from, from that's his, no, Carson Field, sorry. No. Different person. Carson, Car Carson. Carson Strong played quarterback for Nevada. Ah, yes, different Carson. <laughs> okay, those guys are pretty similar, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, right. Guys. Uh, no, Carson, he did a great job covering that game, but I just, in going through the box score, the abs didn't allow a shot on goal in the third period yeah. or overtime of that game. And that's such a great example of a team just dictating the pace and playing their brand of hockey and, and just being overwhelming. And the abs have done a great job of that recently. Uh, we saw some of that in the Canadians game and at key points, uh, I think the Canadians only ended up with, you know, 19 shots on goal all night. So, you know, when you're holding teams in the teens uh, and you're putting on 30, uh, you know, the odds are going to be tilted in your favor every night. Right. So if the abs can play that brand of hockey, um, you know, who, who knows how far they can climb because they've really shown that they can dominate bad teams. Uh, not going to be the case tonight, though. I'm, I'm really intrigued to see what's going to happen, uh, you know, in hostile territory against a very good Eastern Conference playoff team. You also mentioned Bo Byram there a little bit. I just wanted to ask you real quick, because I'm not comparing anyone to Kale McCarr, but man, Bo Byram's got some skill. He does, man. He does. And and I think that we're really seeing it, uh, you know, when he's healthy, that's always been the asterisk. Yeah. When he's healthy, he plays like this. 
but you're right. You, we can't compare anyone to Kale McCarr just because no one skates like he does. It's the skating to me that, that separates him from everyone else. Like there are other defensemen who are going to put up similar offensive numbers and have similar roles on their team. They just don't do it like Kale and, and they don't make it look as easy. But Bo Byram has a lead offensive skill almost in the same category as McCarr. And, and that's a really big compliment because McCarr is the very best at it in the league. And yeah, to your point, you know, that really masks a lot of problems. And who knows, maybe even with this Lekkanen injury, you know, some of the defensive scoring can kind of help that as well, right? I mean, this team is already wired for their defensemen to score points. But now more than ever, we got to see Kale McCarr and Bo Byram generating offense just because there aren't enough bodies in, in their forwards group uh, to do it alone. So, uh, yeah, I love seeing Bo play this way and, and being in a good mood. Uh, he's kind of quickly become one of my favorite guys to talk to in the locker room. He uh, he recently was like an honorary brewmaster for Coors Light. And I saw that, yes. Press release and, you know, Bo Byram is, is pouring the hops into the giant, you know, silver barrel <laughs> and he's got a big smile, the flow. He's got the great blonde flow. Uh, I just asked him about it today, you know, what was that experience like? And he's, oh yeah, you know, they just approached me, uh, you know, after the security at the parade thought he was such a some hooligan running down the street. Yeah. He's got a Coors Light with him, but no, that's Bo Byram. He's on the team, you know, let him go. Uh, kind of inspired this partnership and, and I'm sure they do it with every Stanley Cup champion, but they, you know, brew one special batch. Uh, you know, that Bo was involved with and, and Bo was great. He just even said very deadpan that, um, you know, Coors Light is the only beer that he drinks. Yeah. Um, I'm going to guess that that's not the case. Uh, you know, no, <laughs> no knock on Coors Light, you know, the mountains turn blue. It's, it's a good time, but uh, I'm going to guess that, you know, most NHL players aren't, aren't drinking the well stuff. He's, he's maybe got some imported, probably some, some Canadian beer yeah. or something better if I had to guess. Yeah. He, he seems like he's quite a personality. He, I, I, right. I right. remember seeing videos of him after they won the cup and he was definitely enjoying himself. And then, yeah. and who wouldn't, but that, you know, that that's great. You know, I think it's like you said, I think it's really great that he's healthy. Yeah, absolutely. With the head injury stuff, man, you, you don't want anything, you know, it's really great that he's back on the ice and the Avs have, you know, it's another great defenseman that they'll have to pay probably in the coming years. Yeah, it's a good question. And, you know, the health thing could be kind of a knock on him in negotiations. It's going to be real interesting to see what his next contract looks like, because I'm sure in Bo Byram's mind, he's a top pair defenseman. But with having Kale McCarr on your team and maybe wanting to pair him with someone a little bigger and physical like Devontae's, I am curious kind of what Byram thinks about his long-term future and if he cares about stuff like that. Um, you know, right now though, these guys are just trying to win a cup. That's, that's all secondary, but good, uh, good ideas to John in the off season. Yep. All right. So before we let you go, what do you have coming at Denver Gazette this week? Yeah. So some, uh, something I've been working on for a while that I wanted to tease with you guys is just a story. I've, I've been trying to get on Valachushkin, uh, a guy who is notoriously not very open to doing media, you know, and you know, no knock on him. There's a little bit of a language barrier there. Um, you know, I think there's some work to be done with Avalanche PR to make him understand why he should talk to reporters. That's a, maybe a different conversation, but Val has become a valued member of this team. He's on a long-term contract. And something I've learned in reporting is that he's really become a liaison to some Russian speaking players on the team. Alexander Gorgiev being one of them, you know, a new teammate, you know, these two guys share one big thing that helps and that's both speaking Russian so on the road, they'll go out and get dinner. And then Val's kind of, you know, been a a guy that's made Gorgiev feel comfortable. And that's big for, you know, Gorgiev, who's joining a new organization as the starting goaltender, a lot of pressure. 
you know, you want to be able to bond with your teammates and feel like you're part of the group. And it's clear that Val's done that. So I think that's a, a unique thing for a guy who's notoriously quiet. You know, even I think with some of us other teammates, it's you're not going to hear Val talk unless probably he's talking about the last shift or, or something hockey related for the most part. But, you know, to, to see this development is good news for the Avalanche because they need him to be a leader. They need him to be a pillar of this franchise for years to come because a, a very healthy Val Nichushkin is such a rare weapon in, in the league. You know, there was really no one like him last year when he was at his best. Um, but you just want to maybe see him with one more off season to get healthy. Cause it just seems like that ankle it's, it's just not really right. Uh, you know, Chris McFarland, the GM told me during a press conference, there's no long-term concerns there, but watching Val in the locker room, watching him play, I still don't think that he's hundred percent healthy. He's playing very well still and, and being a contributor multi multi-point nights. And I think two of the last four games for him, uh, but I think there's more to his game that's still left. And, and I hope, you know, as someone who covers the team that we do see that version of Val, cause it's a lot of fun to watch. Well, his coming out party last year was amazing. Like he, he was unbelievable. And the whole playoffs on a broken foot in the playoffs. on a broken foot that then is he showed. The, I mean, yeah. Was this the toughest man in the world? Like I, I know that these guys have injections and, and different meds that help them play through pain but I cannot imagine how difficult it is to be an elite level athlete and to play through something like that. It's, it's bananas. I just don't think it happens in other sports. Maybe, maybe in some, but I, I, someone's got to educate me there. Yeah. All right. So you were on this road trip. Are you through the whole road trip or are you? So just uh, these two middle Canada games, you know, kind of prepping for the yeah. playoffs here. Don't want to kind of overspend, uh, but spending tonight in Toronto, taking a train to Ottawa in the morning. Uh, for the second night of back-to-back games. So uh, kind of a, a quick uh, jump up here up north. Um, but, you know, uh, important games against, uh, you know, a, a couple of cities uh, or games in cities that I haven't been to on my my checklist here. So happy to to check out some new arenas and, and you know, get to see the Avs uh, play some important ones here down the stretch. For sure. All right. So make sure to check out Kyle's coverage on the road at denvergazette.com. And Kyle, thanks for coming on. And we will talk again soon. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Denver Gazette podcast. Make sure to visit denvergazette.com for all your local news on Broncos, Rockies, Avalanche, Nuggets, and much, much more. We'll talk to you next time.